You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. I'm Anthony Kasterman. Thanks for tuning in. We are talking twins with Rhett Bollinger, and the season is just about upon us, Rhett. Uh, spring training winding down. The Twins basically have their roster set at this point. And the biggest source of intrigue, of course, was that fifth starter job, Tyler Duffy versus Ricky Nolasco. The veteran Nolasco wins out. What went into that decision? Well, it's definitely very interesting. I mean, Duffy came into camp uh, with a really good shot to make it. At one point, you know, early on, Paul Motter said Duffy was going to be pretty much penciled in the rotation, and it would basically take something uh, fairly significant for, for him not to be in the rotation. Um, but that kind of happened. Duffy had a 7.3 uh, ERA, didn't look very good. Um, and kind of in Alaska, wasn't too great. I think his ERA was right around 4.3. He pitched against a lot of minor league teams, truthfully, uh, Alaska did. Um, but more than anything, I think Duffy kind of just pitched his way out of the rotation with the way he pitched this spring. Um, to his credit, he's working on a, a changeup, and I think that probably hurt his numbers a little bit. Um, but, yeah, he kind of had that spot almost locked down coming in, but he didn't pitch well enough to keep it. I mean, you know, the business side of it always comes into it, too, as well. I mean, Alaska still owed $25 million over the next two years. He definitely sounded like he did not want to pitch in the bullpen at all. So, for now, it's going to give the you know, Twins a chance to have Alaska out there. Maybe he bounces back. Maybe if he does, maybe the Twins can trade him if he actually builds some value up. Or if he were to struggle again, they could easily swap him out for Duffy. So, I think from a business sense, it makes sense. He's the guy that's getting paid $25 million. And at the same time, too, uh, Duffy does need to work on that changeup. Last year, as we know, he was great down the stretch. Uh, you know, probably their best pitcher down the stretch other than uh, Irvin Santana. Uh, but he kind of did it with just a fastball-curveball mix. I think the Twins and him both realized that kind of going forward, he probably has to have a third pitch. So I think he'll have time to work on that AAA. Yeah, it had to be an emotional roller coaster for Duffy because you're right. He, he was so good for them down the stretch. And then, you know, some uncertainty about his role going into camp. And Molitor says those things publicly, and you're feeling good about it. And then uh, and I'm sure those things were said so that he could just relax and, and work on things. But Obviously, uh, working on things did not yield uh, very positive results. So, Ricky Nolasco uh, extends that leash a little bit. We'll see what he delivers in that fifth starter job. And you mentioned uh, Irvin Santana pitching so well for them down the stretch. He is the number one starter. What are the expectations for him now, his first full season uh, as a Minnesota Twin? Well, yeah, it's a big thing. Last year, as we know, he had the suspension this half the season for uh, steroid use. And uh, this season, he's looked really good in spring. I mean, the biggest thing, too, I've seen from him this spring is his velocity is really up. I've seen him touch as high as 97 miles per hour in spring. You never really trust the radar gun too much down here. But, I mean, he's been consistently throwing 94, 95 in his starts. And the sliders look really good. He's been really, really good this spring, uh, which is a good sign. I wonder if it's just maybe he's just a little bit fresh, uh, having pitched only maybe half the innings he's used to uh, last season. Um, and down the stretch, like I mentioned, he was lights out those last, I believe, seven or eight starts. He won at least seven innings in all of those. It uh, was incredible during that run. I think that's kind of the reason why he is uh, this year's opening day starter with, because he pitched so le- so good late last year. And the fact that he's a veteran. He's an 11-year veteran. Uh, he's a guy that is kind of kind of leaning on to kind of lead the staff. Uh, so I expect a big year out of him last year. I think he had a 4 ERA exactly. Uh, but there's a lot of inconsistency. And I believe that was mostly because coming off, the suspension was kind of a weird thing. He didn't really have a spring training in a sense. He did get to pitch in the minor leagues a little bit leading up to it, but it still had to be kind of weird to start your season 
uh, in early July rather than obviously in early April. So I think with a full season, he'll definitely have a good season. I think it's going to be a key for the Twins as their number one starter. Yeah, and maybe it'd be the unintended benefit of, of that mess a year ago is, is he's got a fresher arm than he would have had otherwise. But uh, obviously the Twins counting on big things. Remember Zantana and uh, Rhett, we also know uh, what the top of the order is going to look like now. Uh, Brian Dozier, Joe Maurer, Miguel Sano, and Trevor Plouffe in that order. Uh, what are your thoughts on that concoction? It makes sense. I mean, Dozier is kind of a, you know, maybe not the prototypical leadoff hitter just because he has so much power. Um, but he's always hit well in that spot. He can draw some walks, get on base. Um, I think the thing this year, he obviously like to get his average up a little bit higher, which obviously would make his on-base percentage higher as well. Uh, he's used the uh, you know, right field a little bit more this year because he's such a cool, uh, happy hitter. Um, and Maurer, with his on-base percentage, as much as he's kind of struggled the last years compared to what we're used to seeing from Maurer, he still gets on base at a pretty good clip. So hitting him up at the top of the lineup, really even first might even be a, you know, something that could work out. But I think the Twins are kind of hesitant to do that because he's not – a very, you know, he's a good base runner, but he's not obviously a fast guy, and he's in his 30s now. Um, and, and I think it makes sense to have, you know, at third, to, you know, basically give him as many at-bats as he possibly can because uh, he's by far their best hitter. So, and after that, you know, Plouffe's going to bat fourth, but that could obviously change if, if Young Old Park ends up developing the way they hope he does. Um, and today the lineup here against the Red Sox is pretty much an opening day lineup where it will be Plouffe batting fourth, and then right after that it will be Rosario, and then Park kind of break up the two right-handers and then Escobar, and then uh, Suzuki, and then they're going to bat Byron Buxton ninth. I think the hope is that Byron Buxton uh, kind of breaks out, has a good April, and they can put him atop the lineup and make him the leadoff hitter going forward. But opening day, I do expect to have Dozier ahead of Maurer and then Sano and Blue. Uh You mentioned Park, of course. Uh, he's a major storyline this spring. And got a few days left in spring training camp, but I think we can uh, go out on a limb and, and – Best things uh, in totality. I don't think that's unfair. Uh, is the basic line on Park that a uh, pretty seamless adjustment? No, uh, both to the team and to the games. We know the games don't have uh, don't have meaning ultimately, but uh, it's certainly nice to see him transition as well as he has. Yeah, exactly. He really has played well. I think the biggest question mark was going to be how he fared against higher velocity, um, and he's been fine against that. You know, he faced uh, Nathan Eovaldi the other day uh, against the Yankees, and obviously he's one of the harder throwing. Uh, starters in the game and he had we went one for three with an rbi single didn't look like he was getting cheated too bad you know he's, he's kind of a little bit of a guest hitter sometimes but a lot of power hitters do that uh but he really has legit power amazing how high he hits the ball up in the air too which is kind of funny to watch um but yeah it's been a really a, a positive sign because the twins were kind of worried early on maybe he struggled because even his first game against the red sox he struck out three times i was like uh-oh this guy might need a little bit of time to kind of get adjusted to uh, playing baseball here in the States against better pitching. But sure enough, ever since that game, he's, he's looked really good and probably been their most consistent hitter this spring. I mean, even at first base, defensively, he's been fine. Um, so he can kind of back up Mauer here and there. Uh, so it's definitely a good development. And like I said, in, in the clubhouse, uh, the players love him. He's just a funny guy. His English is getting better. Uh, his personality definitely meshes with the rest of the guys a lot. We've talked about it before, his, you know, watching The Bachelor with the Twins, that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, he's been a big addition for this team. I mean, i got to figure that if he can kind of continue that going forward from spring, uh, he could have a, definitely a breakout season. And, and Sano on right field, I mean, kind of as we might have suspected going into camp, it's, it's going to be a continued work in progress as the season starts. No? Yeah, exactly. The big thing right now, though, with Sano has kind of been the, the talk around camp and the Star Tribune story just about how the Twins were kind of hoping that he took it a little bit more seriously in the off season in terms of getting ready to be – a right fielder just because they're hoping that maybe he'd drop a little bit of weight 
uh, during the offseason. At some point, they're hoping even maybe 10 pounds, 15 pounds, just to be lighter on his feet for the outfield. Um, but he decided really not to. So he's pretty much, if anything, he's actually maybe even gained a little bit of weight since last year, despite uh, being in right field. Maybe that will change during the season as he runs around a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a work in progress. He's, he's made some decent plays out there so far, but he's also had a couple plays that most right fielders would make. But you're going to kind of expect that as he goes forward. I think the biggest key for him is just going to be to stay healthy. I think no matter what, he's going to produce offensively. He's got such a great approach at the plate and so much power. Uh, he rarely gets cheated. He obviously strikes out a decent amount. But uh, I think he's a budding superstar offensively. But he's got to understand, too, that defensively in right field is an important thing for him. And staying healthy is going to be important for him, too. I think there's some people that are a little worried that he didn't take it quite seriously enough during the offseason. But during spring, though, I've, I've watched him in the spring, and he's definitely taking it seriously down here. I think they were just a little bit disappointed the way it went leading up to it. Um, so we'll kind of see how it goes during the season. But more than anything, it's just going to be about keeping him healthy at a new position, running around and all that kind of stuff. All right, Rhett, with opening day just about a pass, we're rounding up some bold predictions. I know you've got two related to the Twins. Give me your first bold prediction. My first bold prediction, I don't know if it's too bold, but I do think that Byron Buxton is going to have a breakout year. I think he's going to be rookie of the year. Uh, last year we know didn't go too well for him offensively, um, but i got to figure based on his track record um, that he's going to bounce back and have a good year. I don't know if he's going to be, you know, their, you know probably not their best hitter, obviously, but a guy as long as he can kind of hit uh, decently well with the way he, you know, fills his position in center field and the way that he, you know, runs the bases and all that, um, I think I see a, a breakout season from him, and I think that he's going to win the Rookie of the Year. And then really, Jose Barrios and Parker are also two pretty strong candidates, too. So the Twins certainly have uh, three guys that are, are strong Rookie of the Year cases. And uh, the other bull prediction, I'll just go out and say, that the Twins snagged one of the uh, two wildcard spots. Last year, the Twins just missed out on that. Um, the big question is just going to be how much of last year, you look at some of the advanced stats, I know, uh, showed that last year they were maybe a little bit lucky to be as good as they were in terms of the fact that you look at their overall raw stats. Their you know, team on base percentage, I think, was second to last in the majors. Um, the big thing they did last year was they kind of clustered a lot of the runs together, a lot of big hits with runners in scoring position. Um, and even Terry Ryan has admitted that that kind of thing can fluctuate from year to year in terms of you know, runners in scoring position. But I think the Twins adding Park, hoping for a breakout year from Buxton, can get a little bit more offense, having a full year to know make a big difference, a full year of Eddie Rosario. Um, and then on the pitching side, having a full year, obviously, of Irvin Santana. I think Kyle Gibson's going to have a breakout year. Hughes should bounce back, too, as well. The back end of the rotation might be up in the air just because right now it's two veterans in Malone and, and Alaska, but that certainly could change. We could see Jose Barrios up here at some point, and, and you got to figure Duffy could be up uh, relatively soon as well. So a lot of things have to go right for it to happen, which is kind of why, obviously, Twins have not really been a trendy pick to make the postseason because there are so many ifs. Uh, but the, to me, they're not that far-fetched as events to happen, especially considering last year was a year the Twins weren't supposed to compete at all. And sure enough, they ended up, you know, uh, just missing the postseason the second to last day of the season. So, and the AL in general is just so tough. It's hard to say what's going to happen. Uh, really, within, even within the division, you could pretty much make a case for any of the teams uh, to finish first even. So it'll be kind of cur curious to see how it all plays out. But, uh, my bold prediction will be that the Twins uh, snag that second wild card spot. <laughs> All right, Rhett, you're on the record now. We're going to hold you to that. Um, yeah, it, it's tough. A lot of a lot of people don't seem to know how to categorize the Twins because they didn't just cluster their success with running the score position. They also clustered a lot of wins. Uh, Whether win 20 games in May or something, and um, and and were uh, you know an average to below average team around that. But to your point, Rhett, a lot of intrigue here because. 
yeah, this, this is a club that, that's going to get a lot of contributions from some young guys and, and young guys you feel good about. And uh, and we know just the, the way young talent is, is dictate a lot of things in, in the major league level uh, these days. So uh, I could see a big year for Buxton and for Park and for Barrios and, and for those young relievers we've talked about so much. Uh, Twins are, are certainly a flexible, interesting team. So we'll see how 2016 goes for them for now. We're signing off here. I want to thank you for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Minnesota Twins Edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.